welcome to the Prescription Podcast. On this show, we present to you up-to-date facts on medical-related topics. I'm your host, Ian, a general surgeon practicing in Kuala Lumpur. We are on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. Please follow us for updates on new episodes. This podcast was created with the intent of creating awareness on current health issues in the public. Please do still consult your doctor if you have doubts. Today, we are on episode 37 and we are talking about high blood pressure. I'd like to welcome back Dr. David Yong, a cardiologist currently working with Institute Jantung Negara. Hi David, thanks for joining us again today. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah, so the last time we talked about uh, basically ischemic heart disease or mm-hmm. heart, about heart attack and today we're talking about something that leads to that uh, I think we've been wanting to talk about this for quite some time we're talking about hypertension or high blood pressure mm. right so maybe we can start things by talking about what exactly is high blood pressure okay uh, high blood pressure to put it very simply is your blood pressure is higher than normal huh? so mm. the cut off uh, you know usually people will say the normal blood pressure is 120 over 80 but that is a very fixed number so blood pressure is actually a range if your blood pressure is consistently consistently uh, above 140 over 90 so we have two numbers the top number is the systolic number and the bottom mm. number we call the diastolic number if it's consistently mm-hmm. more than 140 over 90 then you consider yourself having this condition known as hypertension or high blood pressure. Uh, but I think the main key point here is the consistently, meaning that it's not a one-off thing. So you yep. need at least two reading, uh, uh, at least you know two or three days apart, measured properly to be diagnosed with this condition. I'd like to point out that the measurement is extremely important. How you measure the blood pressure, uh, what time of the day, uh, did you have any coffee before the measurement, were you, uh, mm. were you exercising before that, you had a yep. good night rest, all this will affect your blood pressure. Are you really, really stressed at work, you just quarrel with your wife, <laughs> all these things uh, will affect your blood pressure. So the measurement part I think is utmost important because based on the measurement, we actually uh, diagnose or label someone as high blood pressure and then start yep. treatment. So I think measurement is extremely important in this uh, situation. So so what I'm hearing correctly mm. is uh, because I think more and more people are aware and I think mm. measuring the blood pressure is quite easily accessible. Uh, people just go to the pharmacy and sometimes mm. they offer a free mm-hmm. blood pressure checkup. Correct. So so this is, if the patient comes or someone comes mm. to you and say, you know, mm. I've had these readings and a few mm. of them are high, mm. do you actually ask them, you know, what, what were you doing before? The, the blood pressure readings? Mm. Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, uh, you have to ask whether you are measured, you measured your blood pressure, uh, what time of the day, uh, what were you doing, did you have any caffeine intake, uh, mm. were you standing or sitting or lying right. down? Also, that would be very important. And of course, ah. if that is the case, I would measure it again, you know? Right. So the uh, very correct way to measure the blood pressure, just to put it simply, you should be measured at a resting position, I mean sitting down, your legs are yeah. not crossed, and then your hands should be rested on the table, and then mm. uh, you should not talk while you measure your blood pressure and then you take the measurement. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think we need to be very specific and very uh, meticulous when you come to the measurement because wrong measurement will lead to uh, you know wrong wrong uh, readings and then wrong uh, treatments. Right, yeah. So I guess the best thing is to probably take it in someone who knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think blood pressure, those, those I guess, uh, checkups are good but I think 
if you need to consistently really diagnose, mm-hmm. best to go to someone who does it correctly. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. So, uh, I mean, I already kind of know the answer to this, mm-hmm. but how common is high blood pressure in Malaysia? Oh, <laughs> actually, I remember when I was, uh, you know, a junior doctor, just to, uh, you know, houseman, I, I used to read newspapers. I think nowadays people don't read newspapers anymore. They look at it <laughs> online, right? I remember yeah. the front page of the, the Star newspaper was uh, actually one third of Malaysians above the age of 40 is hypertensive. So that means the, uh, one third uh, of anyone in Malaysia uh, above the age of 40 uh, is has hypertension. And I think the statistics remain true till today. You know, mm. uh, 30 to 40% of our population does indeed has high blood pressure. And unfortunately, a lot of them are actually undiagnosed, uh, not diagnosed yep. and not treated pro- appropriately. Right. So I guess having said that if mm. they are above 40 and one third of them have high blood pressure, mm. how soon should someone start, you know, screening themselves so checking their blood pressure. Yeah. So in our guideline recommendation, we recommend uh, opportunistic screening. So every right. single time you visit a doctor, a doctor, they, they you will usually you know almost always check your blood pressure. You go to a general practitioner, right. you have a cough and cold, nothing related, you know, but you you still get your blood pressure checked. You know, you mm-hmm. visit uh, any health screening or any uh, pharmacy. Sometimes they will just opportunistically uh, measure your blood pressure. So it doesn't matter right. how old are you, but you take the opportunity of every single contact with a healthcare personnel to measure your blood pressure. So the mm. thing is, the scary thing about this hypertension is how high blood pressure is. If you look at statistics, uh, of all the cause of death in Malaysia, 20% yeah. of it somehow in one way or another, indirectly or directly, can be traced back to high blood pressure. So right. it's an extremely important uh, diagnosis and can, if you treat it properly, can prevent a lot of complications and keep our population healthier, you know. So, and uh, yep. and we, that's why we need a, a very good screening program and to catch the patient at every opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I guess, I, I know it's a bit difficult to, since it's opportunistic screening, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I do know of people who are sick, you know, the round of the meal, cough or cold, mm. they would just buy medication from the yeah. pharmacy. Yeah. I mean, just if we were to create awareness, would mm. you suggest, you know, a certain age, 35, 40, to just check your blood pressure at least a few times? Yeah. So in Malaysia, we are very aggressive. Uh, most guidelines around the world will say 40 years and above, you should go for some form of health screening. But in Malaysia, right. the prevention of cardiac disease or heart disease, we actually recommend, there's a guideline for this that published a few years ago, uh, okay. that recommend 30 years and above like we mentioned in the previous uh, oh. podcast 30 yep. years and above yep. you should screen yourself for uh, you know risk factors for heart disease and one of the risk factors of course would be high blood pressure wow well, yeah I mean okay, <laughs> I mean fortunately I, for I'm me, sure have... both of us are in the category <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I'm well in that category and uh, fortunately for me I've I've had a few blood pressure checks because mm. uh, of mm. admission to the hospital mm. Mm. Um, yeah so mm. I, I fall into that opportunistic <laughs> screening thing. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I know it's good. I think uh, mm. we should, I'm hoping that, you know, with this podcast, more and more people will be a bit more aware and at least make an effort, you know. Most people don't bother to check, especially in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as they hit the, you know, mm-hmm. well, so-called proverbial big four zero mm-hmm. and they start feeling things in their body then they need to start checking yeah. but yeah, it's good to know that maybe way earlier than that we should actually start checking Correct. especially for high blood pressure okay so I think you've kind of answered this the detection mm-hmm. is basically pretty much a blood pressure reading mm-hmm. uh, but I think as far as I remember who does the blood pressure reading like you mentioned earlier on is important and mm-hmm. what about all those machines that you can actually buy off the pharmacy now are those good enough 
there's something need to be done like calibration before mm. you can actually say that's an accurate reading of the blood pressure? Yeah, actually um, in today's practice, we seldom or rarely use the mercury-based uh, blood pressure uh, yeah, no more manual pumping. Yeah, manual pumping right. anymore. And in uh, most hospitals these days, you will only see the automated ones. And even yes. in the large uh, clinical trial that we do for high blood pressure, they are all using uh, automated uh, right. blood pressure readings. So I, uh, the technology has improved a lot and it's very much reliable. Uh, automated blood pressure device uh, to monitor your blood pressure is yeah. uh, probably as accurate as the uh, manual one. Just that you know, applying the correct size cuff, applying it pro- yes. correctly... And then, you know, uh, at a, what position and all that is important. And then uh, then you can get an accurate measurement. So I think you can buy a, a, at least a reputable brand from the pharmacy and you can learn how to apply it. Then you can probably get a good measurement. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point that you brought up. The mm. the cuff of, or the, the thing that's used to wrap around the arm has to be the correct size. Yeah. If the cuff is too big and the arm's too small, probably yeah. it will give you a very nice low reading. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um... Most people want to know, once we've diagnosed high blood pressure, then of course it's treatment. But mm. more importantly is how to prevent it, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think maybe we talk a bit about the symptom of high blood sure. pressure. So sure. because um, a lot of people, they don't go and see a doctor just uh, out of a sudden, you know. Usually they will go and see a doctor because of some um, things they feel in your body, either a headache or giddiness or something like that. But most yep. of the time, the problem with high blood pressure is... It does not have any symptoms at all. More than 90% of the time, it doesn't have symptoms. That's why we give it a nickname. It's called the silent killer. <laughs> yeah? That's right. Yeah, so you don't have any symptoms, but the, the compli- your blood pressure can be very high, 180, 190. And despite that, the patients are walking around. They don't feel anything. Because the body actually yep. compensates to that kind of high reading. And uh, that's the reason why you don't get any pressure. But if there's a sudden fluctuation in the blood pressure suddenly goes up, then some patients do complain of some symptoms such as uh, neck pain. Most common is the nape of the neck pain, headache, uh, giddiness, uh, these kind of uh, non-specific symptoms. So that's why it's very important to actually screen for high blood pressure. So to prevent it, that is a very interesting question. You know, it's very, very not so easy to prevent high blood pressure, but there are some things that will put you at increased risk of high blood pressure, such as being overweight, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, lack of exercise, uh, yep. having a lot of a high salt diet, stress mm. at work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, these kind of things are actually contributes uh, to the development of the uh, high blood pressure. Yeah, right. So it's a multifactor thing. Multi, yeah. So interestingly enough, you you talk about you know neck uh, nape of the neck pain, which is basically the back of the neck yeah, pain. Correct. I think you probably have an image I, in your mind of well, for most people, you know, when they're stressed mm. at work, they start mm. massaging the back of their neck, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have the back headache. Mm-hmm. So when is it that they should just treat it as a regular headache, and when is it that they should actually go and check their blood pressure? Mm. Because you said you know again, according to circumstance, the the blood pressure might shoot up, right? So when is do they actually go and check? Do they wait for their uh, time where they are a bit more relaxed, go and check if their blood pressure is actually high or do they go check then then or, or how? I, I feel if you have something that you don't feel right about, you should always go and check it out. But, um, mm. you know, if if you are really feel stressed at work, you know, maybe you should take a day or two off <laughs> if you can. 
I have a lot of yeah. patients when when they retire from their day job, right? I can actually reduce their blood pressure medications. Oh, <laughs> so stress okay. is actually a really main uh, contributing factor. So it, of mm. course, measurement of a uh, blood pressure when during a stressful situation may not be the best or accurate thing. But stress is part of life. You know, you cannot let the blood pressure be high all the time. And you go back to work, you will still be stressed. So maybe mm. some form of treatment, either medications or non-medical based. Uh, treatment is maybe needed, you know, like increase your right. exercise, having some relaxation yeah. therapy, going right. for a massage, watch a movie or something like that. That also can form part of your coping mechanism to uh, your stress and so that your blood pressure can be better, you know? Yep. So the other thing that I wanted to ask that you mentioned mm. just now, mm. uh, just to clarify for mm. our listeners, is mm. that you said high salt diet. Yeah. So how high is high? Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent question. I always always like to talk about salt when I talk about hypertension or high blood pressure because salt is a very, very important component in your blood pressure. So what happens mm. is um, in the WHO, the World Health Organization, actually recommend the salt intake to be less than 5 grams per day. So to mm-hmm. put it into perspective, right? Let, let me for a turn ask you a question, Ian. Uh. So let's mm. say I'll list down uh, some of the more popular food uh, mm. that we have in Malaysia and you try to okay. take a guess uh, which one has the highest salt content, okay? Okay. So number one, uh, kolomi. Kolomi, yeah? I think it's one of okay. my favorite food, kolomi. <laughs> then chicken briyani. Chicken briyani, I think okay. a lot of people like chicken briyani. Mi goreng mama, uh, mi goreng mama. And then mm. also lontong. I remember my nurse in the ward always cook lontong and bring. And then some right. of our uh, Malay friends, they like soto, soto ayam and all that. And then lastly, uh, fish bihun soup. Uh, fish okay. bihun soup. So I put it again, kolomi, chicken briyani, mi goreng, lontong, soto, fish bihun soup. Which one do you think that has the highest amount of uh, sodium or salt? Mm. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> mi goreng? Uh, mi goreng, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people will either guess kolomi or mi goreng or soto because they tend to be a bit more salty, right? But mm. actually, uh, to, I was surprised or when I first read it also, I was really quite surprised that fish bihun soup has the mm. highest salt content up to... gram or 2,700 milligrams of salt. So the thing is the soup that they use to cook the fish bihun soup, they use the fish sauce, right? That has very high uh, salt content. So the the, the trick is, what I'll tell my patients is that you can have the fish bihun soup but don't drink the the soup. soup. Yeah, because most of the salt are actually in the soup. But if you eat the kolomi, right, it's impossible to remove the soy sauce from the the meat and then eat it, right? Then it won't be kolomi anymore. (laughs) Okay, so I, I think yeah. that's a, like if you put into perspective, uh, like a laksa, one of our favorite dish, a laksa. Actually, if you eat the whole bowl and drink the soup, that is seven grams of uh, salt, which is already more than the daily intake. Mm. So I think being aware, educate yourself what kind of food is uh, high in salt and try to avoid it or eat it in a different way, like just don't drink the soup, can actually drastically bring down your uh, salt intake. So you know, those days when I was young, I, when I was sick, right, my mom always would say, oh, go have something clear, like bihun soup, fish bihun soup, all that, this seems to be healthy, <laughs> right? But actually, if you have high blood pressure, it's not so healthy. <laughs> wow. So yeah. I, I, I just quickly googled up into yeah. perspective, five grams of salt is basically one teaspoon. Yes, correct. Exactly. One teaspoon of uh, salt a day. Yeah. So yeah, so look what how your mom cook. <laughs> 
Wow. So actually, I mean, basically looking in, I mean, nowadays information is very freely available. I mm. guess people should just Google to yeah, see yeah. how much salt is uh, content in their food. Yeah. If not, if you're cooking by yourself, then it's even better. But yeah. I think to be honest, to be very, very honest, uh, having recently just come back from overseas, mm. um, I, I, I come to realize how food is very, very salty. Mm. Yes. Actually, Asian food tend to have higher salt content. Yep. Like, you know, the uh, orang putih or the amor, <laughs> the Western food, right? They, you tend to use rosemary or black pepper and all this as seasoning. Yeah. But for us, we used to use, uh, we are very used to soy sauce, oyster sauce, fish oil sauce, fish sauce. All this has very high salt content. And then if you look at the labels of all the chili sauce, tomato sauce also has a lot of salt in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why, that's why our food's so tasty. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. So, okay. I mean, uh, if someone is diagnosed with high blood pressure, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, you've kind of talked about mm. some of the management in terms of uh, non-medication or non-pharmacological. Mm. But mm. can you just maybe share with our listeners, what? how do we exactly treat high blood pressure? Yeah. So it depends on high, how high your blood pressure is. If it's just mm-hmm. a borderline 140, 90, 150, 90, sometimes we may uh, tend to ask you for uh, to do some lifestyle modification before starting any medication. But if your blood pressure right. is more than 160, systolic blood pressure, the top number, then probably mm-hmm. you may need some form of... Uh, medical treatment okay but right. I would like to you know for podcast uh, purposes uh, for public purposes I would like to concentrate more on the uh, non-medical or non-pharmacological on using without using medications to bring down your blood yep. pressure and one yep, of the things yep. that uh, I would like to stress is like over, being overweight right actually um, if you are able to lose one kilogram of weight uh, uh, you can mm. actually bring down on average one millimeter mercury of your blood pressure so if you are right. uh, very much overweight by 20 to 30 kilos overweight then if you can bring down 10 kilos 15 kilos that will do a lot of uh, you know do a lot of good to your blood pressure you can bring it down by 15 millimeters mercury that is uh, amazing uh, so yep. losing weight is uh, one of the key thing exercise salt intake uh, make sure yep. you have enough rest uh, stress management all these mm. uh, are very important and so avoid smoking smoking also uh, causes your blood pressure to be higher uh, but of course when you come to talk about medications there are a lot of medications that we can use today to treat uh, high blood pressure probably we will not uh, delve into that you know yep, deeply that's lah. fine yeah mm. yep yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to go too deep to high blood pressure medication. Yeah, uh, a little bit too technical as well. Correct. But there are basically a lot of high blood pressure medications. Uh. But like I think you said, you know, one of the things that's really plaguing our society these days is basically overweight. Uh. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is probably our food uh, intake. I think the two things that we can modify the most. But it, I, I mean, it really requires a lot of discipline. Uh. I mean, mm-hmm. we live in a country where <laughs> food is in abundance. Yes. So. <laughs> it's temptation everywhere. And we love but to yeah. eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, yeah. every, our our first greeting to anyone is usually, you know, uh, hey, have you eaten? Yeah, right? correct, correct, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think what one is the one of the things that I want to you know kind of discuss about that I I see a lot of a lot of uh, patients do is they have been diagnosed with high blood pressure. Mm. They have gotten medication or prescription from their uh, physician and Mm. then subsequently they just buy medication and follow up with a blood pressure uh, machine on their own. Is that Mm. something advisable? Not advisable? Yeah, so I think this is what I call the autopilot patients. So basically they they take the medication and they go on it for years uh, without seeing any doctor or getting them checked. So your blood pressure uh, to make it 
plain and simple does not stay the same uh, all the time as you grow older your blood pressure might actually eventually go higher uh, go up yeah and you may need some adjustment to your uh, medications and apart from that we will also need to screen you for any um, complications you know so let's come to the topic that what does uh, high blood pressure if not control leads to so the mm. main organ that um, we talk about when we talk about organ damage in high blood pressure would be the brain the heart yeah. and the kidney so the brain mm-hmm. the main issue would be strokes yeah and yeah. Uh, number two the heart of course would be heart attack and all these things and number three the kidney will be kidney failure so yeah. um, these are the things that we need to look out for so when you need uh, when you go for follow up the doctor will check your blood pressure of course uh, make sure your ECG is good your 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 kidney function by blood test is good and also screen you for other risk factors that you may have developed over the years such as uh, diabetes or high cholesterol and all these things. So I think it's very important to keep to your uh, follow-up. So I would like to also add that, you know, what are the benefits of treating high blood pressure? So I think yeah. of all the, you know, the non-communicable disease, like we always talk about diabetes, high, uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, overweight, yeah. and all that, yeah. the one that will give you a lot of benefit by just a small increment, uh, small small uh, decrease in your blood pressure will be treating yeah. uh, high blood pressure. So just to make it a bit simple, is like if you can bring down your blood pressure from uh, uh, above one forty ninety uh, by every ten millimeters mercury, you can bring down uh, strokes by thirty three percent. That is a huge number. Yeah, right. huge number. So uh, if you if your pressure is one sixty over ninety and you bring it down by twenty millimeters mercury, that is sixty percent reduction in your risk of stroke. And that's mm. really really uh, drastic and. And it's not difficult to treat high blood pressure. The only issue is uh, people are not compliant. They're not taking their medications properly. They're not uh, yeah. you know, eating properly. And they're yep. not aware of uh, these uh, consequences of not treating the blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you know, high blood pressure is something that's very prevalent. It's mm. very, very... Um, it's one of those things that we see very commonly, especially as people age. I think the hardest thing that people find difficult to accept is that someone who does not have to take any medication to start having to take medication I think it's a very big paradigm shift or a way to look at things do you have anything to I mean when you I'm sure you see quite a fair bit of uh, patients right and if they're first diagnosed do you have any specific advice to help them have that change in their outlook towards having this disease if, if well, any that is always a challenge also when you come to cholesterol right people don't feel any uh, pain Correct. or whatsoever and then you ask them exactly. based on a number the ask them to take a medication lifelong is extremely difficult uh, yeah. but the main issue will be education tell them mm. I mean they are a lot of them are actually already aware the, the reason if they're already coming to see you for this kind of screening methods and all for health screening they already know you know yeah. uh, they want to prevent all these things but I think empower them Tell them yeah. that this medication will help you. Yeah. Tell them the side effects from uh, upfront. Make sure they're aware yeah. and look out yeah. for them. And reassure yeah. them if uh, the side effects happens because people are mostly afraid of side effects of medications. So if the yeah. side effects happen, you can always come back and then we can switch, talk about it or switch to another medications or something, how to cope with it. And also yeah. empower them by asking them to measure their own uh, blood pressure at home, measure it correctly. And if they hmm. see the blood pressure actually improve, that will actually yeah. help them uh, be more yeah. compliant. So I, I think uh, it's baby steps, but little by little, they will come to understand and also accept that this uh, treatment is uh, necessary. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very good start. I think, mm. so, like you said, a lot of mm. this down to education and helping them. Sometimes, I guess, a lot of our patients also kind of know, they've really read up, but I think helping them, you know, take baby steps, as you say, to mm. to understand better and to, to move towards the, the correct direction is very, very important. Yeah. yeah. And also, I always say that, you know, this is a long-term game. It's, it's not a short-term game. You, you, you take this, uh, you want to control your blood pressure over months and years not over two or three days and then you stop yeah. it and then you know because what we're trying to prevent is complications that happens not tomorrow but yeah. uh, many years down the road so you have yeah. to be consistent you have to uh, you know uh, play the long game yeah yep 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 okay I think uh, that's been a very good discussion just quickly sum up uh, mm. basically high blood pressure is something that is more and more prevalent as people age 40 and above is about you know one, one third, third of yep. the population yeah has that so I think Simple things uh, to note is that own health, like basically mm. being overweight, mm. uh, what we take, intake, mm. especially mm. salt, mm. not more than five grams a day. All these things contribute, lack of exercise, smoking, uh, all this leads to basically high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So early detection is important. I think most people should try to screen themselves whenever they can. Mm. Especially, I think men, uh, m maybe women as well, but more, yeah, more yeah. I guess, men, yeah, but above 30, mm -hmm. uh, whenever they can. And, um, you know, once diagnosed, it can be treated both with medication and also with lifestyle changes. And I think... Uh, yeah, it, it it's very much treatable, and it's it you know when you treat it well, the reward is not immediate, but probably many years down the road, which you 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 know you will be treated by not seeing complications of high blood pressure, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so that's if if I could sum it up in that way. Any last thoughts or words before we close? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very good summary. And um, the most important thing is we want is people to be aware. As I said, this is a silent killer. It does most of mm. the time doesn't have any symptoms, uh, and it's mm -hmm. very important to get yourself uh, checked at every opportunity. You know, you're going to see a doctor, going to a pharmacy. Hey, can you check my blood pressure? Or you, or yep. you bring your mom to see the doctor. And then uh, your mom is uh, taking the, her blood pressure and say, Hey, can you check mine as well? You know, mm. uh, so that is uh, a way to you know get yourself uh, screened, uh, and it's not expensive it's very cheap uh, it doesn't cost much but just yeah. pressing a button and and uh, but the um, benefit you get from the treatment of uh, hypertension is uh, a lot and uh, yeah very important yep I hope whoever is listening in understands uh, how much we've stressed on the importance on for screening and for lot both yeah so I think with, with that uh, we'll come to a close it's been a good discussion thanks again uh, David for coming aboard and uh, helping educate everyone about high blood pressure thank you Ian thank you so much for having me alright good night everyone alright bye